0: Ice tea. Go acapella. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill.
2: I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Is your host, Rich Eisen.
0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Week number two is now in the books. One eighth of the playing season is done. And that's a bummer, because it's been so much fun. Uh, except for the teams that are 0 2. Chris Brockman, good to see you, sir, good Patriot to see fan. You, sir. Was, your umbrella be your smile. Chris Law, good to see Rich, you as see well. You. Two weeks are in the books. We are uh, getting set to head to Charlotte, North Carolina to kick off week number three of the NFL season, including the Giants with... The Cam Newton mix—that'll be fun. Giants at the Carolina Panthers. Both teams one and one after rousing week two wins. The Carolina Panthers shocking the New Orleans Saints, who uh, got on the board first. Drew Brees finding Jimmy Graham in the end zone, going seven nothing. You thought, okay, here we go again. Certainly, after the Carolina Panthers turned the ball over on downs inside their own ten yard line, trying to go in, and it looked like Carolina might be shooting itself. In its own foot, similar to what we saw in week one against Tampa Bay, which was up on the Giants by two scores deep into the game. You guys
3: making this run for coach the game. of the year.
0: Greg Schiano was looking great as coach of the year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers looking great as a possible playoff team in the NFC, which they still very, very, very well may be. But then the Giants score 25 fourth quarter points. They are one and one. The Carolina Panthers are one and one. And I just want to know why, how the Giants do this. Why must they always have their backs against the wall? Either down two scores within a game or in within a season, two games out, three games out. Coach on the hot seat. Everything going all the holy heck. Why must the Giants have that scenario? Occur before their best football is played. It is one of the most psychologically bizarre sports situations I've ever seen. It's that's not not a hyperbole. That's not an exaggeration. I'd love to get some other instance, anything similar to that in any major sport. I'll even throw it out to my international listeners. If you're out there, cricket or their football, cricket. Correct. Foot something. Give me. is there another team Australian you've ever seen rules. that must have their world crumbling apart before something kicks in and their best football is played? Why must there have to be the most dire sense of urgency created for the Giants before... They play their best. Did Eli
1: just look really bad in the beginning of the game? I was, no, he was, he I was, was not, watching a different game, but I saw that he had three picks really early.
0: Some of the picks you could say weren't on him. One, he just, you know, w- w- I, I believe a, a, cor- a cornerback or safety was blitzing and then faked. Stepped right back into the passing lane, and it gotcha. looked like Eli, th- Eli threw it directly to him. It didn't look good. So but they look- were down uh, two scores. And then the Giants win the game, take a knee, uh, and then, oh, holy heck, broke loose there as well. Yeah. Where they jumped on Eli, and Eli just called it a cheap shot. Victor Cruz called it a cheap shot four times. And Tom Coughlin, on the afternoon I, of the Handshake uh, Bowl, uh, really got in his face. Got in Greg Shiano's face. And it's one of those moments where, you know, where we watch all these games at once and. The Giants game was ending just as other games were in the final throws. Uh, Crucial moments that were going down in Indianapolis between Minnesota, which must, I guess, play to the final second in their first two games where they pulled one out of the fire and won in overtime week one. And then week two, seemingly going to overtime again before Adam Vinatieri kicked a very long one. Uh, at the end of when that game. That was going on. The Eagles and the Ravens were, were, were in the middle of the fourth quarter. That game went late. So yeah. you're seeing, because of all the, the refereeing stuff going on, yeah. we'll talk about that in a minute, you see out of the corner of your eye, Coughlin and Shiano are having a, Heated a conversation, discussion. and then you realize the discussion is one way.
3: Definitely one way.
0: One way. That was a father scolding a son, it seemed like. I don't know. Well, he the kinda- fa- The father kept going after the game, too, to continue the analogy. Yeah, the press conference. Coughlin's all-time great lineman. We don't do that at this level. Yep. Which Which is is funny
1: because in Greg Shiano's post-game press conference, he referenced, if you ever watched Rutgers play,
0: that's how we play. Well, the bottom line is this. When you're taking a knee, the game's over. The, other team, the yeah. other team is essentially saying let's not do anything right. stupid because right. if you're going to keep playing to the final whistle, we can too and we could take we could take one of our running backs and jam it right in your guy yeah. right in, we could we could just start running a play if if the game's not over let me fade back and let me throw it to Hakeem Nix let me win by two scores yep let me let me just keep let me just rub it in your face no instead what we're going to do is we are taking the knee you see the formation we are waving the flag Normally, the other team acknowledges that in a game where an injury, a catastrophic injury, can take place at any moment after 59 minutes and 45 seconds of that has been played, and you can play 15 safety-filled, injury-free seconds... By doing like, the right thing, that's it. I mean, what are, what are you trying to do? Jump yeah. the route, poke it away, create a pisargic moment. I know you want to win. I get it, but it.
3: It wasn't like it was this one point, player think, either. Just it was the entire defensive line. So that's where it's I stand. That
0: I think Coughlin's completely right. Yeah. Even though you know this hurts my, my guy's chances of winning Coach of the Year. If a lot of people are thinking he doesn't have the right,
3: I don't know his his team likes approach. Him, though, but obviously. last year,
0: last year in, in a handshake moment, the eventual Coach of the Year, everyone was saying, "What's his malfunction?" Yes. Everyone was saying that about a hardball. But it wasn't an injury-related, a safety-related issue going on. So that went down. Speaking of Harbaugh, how great did the Niners look? Man. Best team in the league, Rich.
3: How about Alex Smith? That no- When he got drilled in the nose, he was bleeding from the nose. Just I thought that should have been
0: a penalty. Yeah, that looked like a cheap. Well, then, uh, let's quickly get to the replacement refs here. It's time. It's time to send them home. It's time to get this thing done. Yep. I understand, you know, this could be, you know, the, the type of moment. You guys never saw the movie network, did you? Is that, a, oh, a, no. is that, is that an empty? Is that an empty cultural I, reference to you guys? I should have
3: seen I it's it's on my you have to it's on my For list. Anybody
0: who is in this business, yeah, I know. you must see the movie network that. also from the point of view. Just know that that was the mid 70s and how Patty Chayefsky, who wrote the screenplay, how he, he saw everything coming. He saw reality television coming. He saw Glenn Beck coming. He saw it all coming way in advance. That movie is so far ahead of its time, and it's genius. It's well-acted, well-written, but there's a scene at the end where Ned Beatty, who's in charge of the network, calls Peter Finch, uh, Howard Beale, who uh, they helped create, calls the sort of... I think he's a sort of a Glenn Beck character, calls him in and tells him, you know, because he's railing against the interests of the corporation that owns the network. That you are messing with the forces of nature.
3: Oh, this is this essentially is essentially
0: what... told, which happens everywhere in the, in our industry. Yeah, you know, basically where the the bosses tell them to shut up. But we honestly, and I knock on wood, if it didn't happen during a lockout, it's never going to happen here at the NFL Network. I've never been told what I can say or what I can't say. The only one time I have been told that, right, even though it contradicts the never. I don't. We can't talk about gambling. Yeah. Even though the Patriots did blow probably tons of suicide pools to shreds this uh... weekend. But um, yes. At any rate, I might be messing with the forces of nature here. It's time to end this replacement ref stuff. It's, it's time. These guys are in over their heads. Some of them may not be. All of them aren't. Well, I mean, look Most at what of happens of them Sunday are. morning. Most of them are. Most of them do not um uh, do not comprehend. I think the safety of the quarterback issue. I mean, I think they do uh, understand it, but to me, the issue is they don't. They can't keep up with the pace of the game. So many of them, these flags come in late. So many of these flags don't happen at all. The spotting of the football is an abomination half the time. Unbelievable. You saw in the Jets-Steelers game where everybody's going nuts about the pass interference call on Ike Taylor, and rightfully so. There was one part in the game where the Jets had to challenge the spot of the ball, and they yeah. respotted the ball. by It was almost a yard. It was almost a full yard. The speed of the game; these guys are not up to the speed of the speed of the game. The Rams and the Redskins. The first half of that game was the worst officiated of the replacement refereeing era, and it's just time. It's time for it to go. It's time for it to go. And you are also seeing. You saw Dion. Dion said it perfectly on on uh, game day final. That the replacement referees, there's a lot of disrespect going on. Well,
3: that's that's what and happened that, in the Eagles game.
0: And that and that, it's like the disrespecting of a substitute teacher, which is a perfect example that's... because you know that the substitute teacher eventually is going to go away. So why respect that teacher? There's no respect necessary. I mean, even though my both my parents were public school educators, and you I've show been always a substitute your teacher, teacher. teacher myself. I mean, when you tell you when you're trying to discipline. As a substitute, it's, it's a very difficult situation when your job is essentially. Uh, what was he teaching? He, what was and he disciplined. Disciplined. What were you substitute teaching? Oh, I substitute taught for a long time. Uh, I did
1: math. I did science. Mr. Brockman, you. Mister, Mr. Brockman. I was Mr. Brockman. Mr. Underscore. But Brockman. how difficult was it to discipline? And the thing your was, students? well. It wasn't that difficult in a sense because I was also coaching at
0: my high school at the time. So oh, okay. I knew- so, but you were there. So the you cool were there. Teacher. Oh, okay. I was there, and then I was subbing. But these guys, but still- everybody in the back of their mind knows this is a business situation. We all get it. They're all trying to be patient to the best of their ability. But eventually, these guys are going to go back to wherever they are, whatever jobs they have especially if you put on your Facebook page that you're a big fan of the team that you will be officiating the game of yep. as the side judge in the Saints Panthers game was this week it's a good thing which that got was mind in the mind-boggling unreal mind-boggling okay so it's time you see coaches arguing these calls out by the numbers yeah. which they would never pull that stuff if it was hockey League or any of these regular refs none of these guys They'd get flagged if they came off the bench to do that stuff. You see players yelling directly in the faces of these officials. You see a lot of pushing and shoving, a lot of chippiness, a lot of it. That's why the Ravens-Eagles game took three and a half hours to complete. And then in any time that there's uh, something that goes under the hood, you're just wondering if these guys are going to screw it up. I know the, replace- the, uh, the, the replay officials are the real ones. But we mentioned this on the podcast the week before with the replacement guys going under the hood. They have a say in this stuff.
3: Yeah, they have the ultimate say, right? Don't they have the final? No, the, I, but they, the, the uh, head official has the final say. Bottom
0: line is this. It's time. It's time. Hopefully that everybody you know gets together this week and just, this is it. This is it. Before, before a game really does get screwed up. Or before somebody gets
1: catastrophically injured.
3: Isn't this also what they always talk about like at the the whatever the money difference is and the benefits. They've already missed two games worth of I don't paychecks know. Aren't I don't they know.
0: now I don't know what's happening. They're
3: at the point of no return. I don't know.
0: I don't even, and I think fans are just just want it just want it to go away.
3: Yeah, that's for I'm sure. I'm sure
0: everybody wants it to go away. But it's time. But, but let's not give short shrift to the uh to the 49ers. They do look like the most complete team as Irvin said on on NFL Game Day Final Sunday night as well. They look they look awesome. And I tweeted this out at the uh, in the fourth quarter of that game after Smith took the one on the on the schnoz and found Vernon Davis. And Crabtree was running all over the all place. He looked good. Two big third down. All right. Conversions. Let, let's be honest here. And everyone's oh Vernon Davis, great athlete, one of the best tight ends of the game. Crabtree's uh, achieving his potential. Randy Moss. I know he only caught one ball, but he's a factor. Ro- Ro- Gore looks great. You got to give credit to the quarterback. Yeah. You got to give credit to the quarter. i know we want to there some people who just want to bash on him because he was the first overall pick who took many years to develop, and there's many reasons for, for that. I think you know the, clearly the personnel wasn't as good. Clearly, the, the right mix with the head coach wasn't good. Clearly, he had offensive coordinators changing over and over and over again. I believe this is the first time he's had the same one for two consecutive years. I believe that's the case. I may be wrong. You may have had that before, but the bottom line is this. It is time, as I tweeted out, it's time to put to bed the Alex Smith, uh, the Niners are winning in spite of Alex Smith, because he makes the right decisions. He sees the guy. He sees the matchup. He sees what he needs to do, and he does it. He makes the decision. He's decisive. Back foot. Boom. Timing, rhythm, everything. And I don't want to hear this stuff that most of his throws are within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Who cares? How many times have you guys played golf? With somebody who's about 20 years older than you and they are whipping your ass every time because they play they play <laughs> the golf where they oh, they you hit it further than them sometimes if you yep. can keep but they're, they're always straight down the middle down the middle they always hit the green and if they are within 10 feet they are making that putt and if not they're not pushing it so far away from the hole right. that they're going to come back and they're parring it and if the Niners win a Super Bowl like that who cares who cares it's time to end it that's over.
3: He does have a lot of weapons, though, and a very good defense too. That I helps. Mean, and no. he
1: makes plays. He can make plays with his feet. And his first touchdown pass to Vernon Davis was a twenty-yard bullet strike, right on the money. And that defense is good. That they defense people, is unreal. And
3: that coach
0: is out of his mind.
3: Smith on the line is uh, Aaron Smith. Both of them. Yeah. They got
0: Justin, Justin and Alden, Smith or Alden. Justin is who I meant. Yeah. Justin Smith. The two is Smiths.
3: Is Bowman is the beast,
1: and both Patrick linebackers and, and Willis yeah, Navarro. Holy smokes. And Golsan was
3: headhunting th- their last their secondary hits. Right. Yeah, they well, they have hit. an attitude.
0: They they have adopted their coach's attitude. Yeah, that's they for sure. They have adopted it. And and it's remarkable. At this point last year is when uh, Jesse Hawley went yard and overtime, and the Niners were 1-1. One and one. and um, we were wondering, uh, what's going on with Harbaugh? You know, I mean, he didn't have an off season. He didn't have this. He didn't have that. They didn't look ugly. They're the best team in the league right now. They're and the best team in the league. They, they
3: played th- two top-five offenses. And held them to under nineteen. I think they averaged nineteen points against them. Two top five offenses from last year.
0: And there's a, a whole there, the the other teams that are are two and l Okay, <laughs> let's let's run down the other two and O teams. That nobody's talking about these guys. Nobody. Houston. Ah well, you know what? They they beat Jacksonville. Ah, well, season opener against Miami. Well, this week they play Peyton. We'll finally talk about them on NFL Game Day morning. I guarantee you that. We, we've we haven't even we we hardly talked about these guys, two and zero San Diego. Yeah, yeah well, you know, they, beat the days, yeah. they beat Oakland. They beat Oakland. They've beaten both. They, they both the two teams they beaten are, are currently both zero to two right now. They they scored oh, a I lot know. of points. a lot of
3: fantasy owners got uh, got a job by good. Antonio Gates. Their
0: defense looks pretty good. Yeah, Gates uh, was an Late scratch. That's why you gotta pay attention? Yeah, hey, Rivers had a big game. Uh, one of the guys they played in fantasy had a, had Gates active. Really, me, he had yeah. Gates a active. A lot of people me, did. Me too. His backup, Brent Selleck. 20 oh. points on the bench. How you oh. doing? 127. And he was yards. so upset that he benched Eli Manning. He got more points from RG3 instead. So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh who else is 2 and 0? Ah, here we go. Oh, yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles yes, with they nine are. turnovers. By 2 points. They're undefeated. They've won First two, two games by one point each. First team in NFL the history? Margin of error, just the win. margin of victory or losing in the NFL razor, See, thing. I, razor
3: thing. I can go two ways on this. They're either really good, and they've had nine turnovers, like you said, mm-hmm. and can be a Rock lot better. Brock
0: shaking his head, but he's just a bitter Patriot fan. Yeah, he's a bitter... Because he, he <laughs> lost to the 2-0 Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> and you know what's They're funny? They're 2-0, brother. Holy smokes. Did that leave a mark on you yesterday or so what? So
1: here's the deal. So I have to do two games on Sundays, produce two games. I do the night game every week, and then because of the early, early games, there's no buys yet, so we're short bodies. So I have to do two games. Yeah, there were nine earlys yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so I go to, Alec, so so I go yeah. to Alex Maloney, who's putting together the list, and I say, hey,
0: how about you give me the Pats this week? Oh, should you could watch your team. Should be an easy game, and I get to watch my team, Bro. That had to be one of the more brutal watches for a fan to have. Oh. It's your home opener, Troy Brown's there. Troy Brown. back. Bledsoe's back, throwing throwing the pass to Brown one more time, Welker, sort of like Marino did uh, to to who was that Duper or Clayton at the Hall of Fame. It was, a few Cl- years ago. It was Clayton, right? It was
1: Clayton, and then yeah. Well, Welker there. Welker
0: breaks Troy Brown's team record for receptions. By the way, they are phasing him out. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, but now that Aaron Hernandez, Hernandez is hurt, is and they may not go two tight ends. Maybe Welker They're going, goes back they, in. Well, they, and they played and three wideouts the whole game. That, that, uh, uh, it's funny the, how Lombardi, uh, our, our wonderful friend Michael Lombardi, was on first on the field and was asked, if, are they phasing Wes Welker out? And he goes, no, they're not. It's just they're going two tight ends, which means they are only two guys out wide. And the Julian Edelman, that's his role. He's, a, he's the wide out. It's him and Brandon Lloyd, right. and that they feel that, that Welker's their slot guy. So if they're going most formations without a slot, because that is very difficult. Two tight ends, two guys out wide. That's why Steven Ridley's running like crazy. You got a nickel package on defense. You start running the ball with a guy like Ridley, he's going to go nuts. And it's so tough to stop with those two tight ends and that all-world wide uh, the quarterback back there. So Welker's just not going to get on the field. And I'm, like, I'm sitting there getting ready for game day morning. I'm like, hmm. So they're phasing in a Different formation, which is the very definition of phasing somebody out. out. But now that Hernandez has that dreaded high ankle sprain, didn't look
1: good. I thought it was maybe much he's going to be back
0: in. But I mean, what an excruciating watch for Patriots fans at home that is waiting for finally for Brady to put that pedal to the metal. He finally finds Gronk in the end zone. Two point conversions, no good. No good. You get the gift, the Pisarchic like gift. Unbelievable. The last time we've seen anything like that was Marion Barber in right. Denver. Okay. With Marion Barber and all Ryan Williams has to do is go down. And steady, what,
3: why are you tossing up. the ball there? Why, they, uh, why wasn't are you not a, handoff?
0: Well, they, they did. They, they did they a toss. It. No, no, it was it a handoff. It uh, Brandon Spikes put just his, put his put helmet on it. right Made on a the Great ball. play. That's yeah, great play. Made a great, Made play. A I I great play. It was a toss. Great play. They should have tossed it. You yeah. should uh, toss it. Or not Not toss it. Just hand it off or just shovel Or yeah. just get him out wide. Don't get in the pile. Don't go in the pile. But that's total second guess. Or just it. was a total freak thing. Well, a freak thing. Well, if you kneel it, you know, maybe someone much Shiano it. Well the Patriots would have only had 20 yes, seconds sir. instead of a minute. Yeah, I know. But the bottom line is Brady all he had to do is just get through it and Brady What was
1: confusing to me was oh my gosh. was the play calling at the end. They 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 were just satisfied with giving Guskowski a 45-yard attempt instead of trying to get a little bit closer, a little bit closer.
0: Mm-hmm. And he had hit two 50-yarders and early he was, in the he's game. He's money. He's so, money. Yeah, there was no, and then there was no reason to think he missed any. out gacked it. And, and there was a great it. shot, as you know, who put the highlight together of fans running back running down back in. the tunnels and running back down the yep. atriums to get back into the stadium because they were, you know, the Patriots yeah. As you know, you got to beat the traffic in Foxborough. Right? So, oh, uh, it it's, is it's brutal because it's brutal. One, one, one way in and one way, in, one way out. out. <laughs> and, and so they were beating the traffic, and then they were running back running in just in. to watch that nightmare ending. And, and the Cardinals the- are 2-0. Oh. Cardinals are 2-0, and, oh, and guess who they host this week? Oh, yes. 2-0 Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles. Kevin Eagles Cobb. or Cardinals are going to be 3-0. and Kevin Cobb has a chance to put the Cardinals 3-0 and against the Can we the make a podcast, Eagles. like
3: a friendly podcast, bet on that game? There's no way the Eagles aren't coming out with a victory.
0: I'll take that. Dude, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you're out of your what mind. You talking about? That's a tough place to the play. The Cardinals defense is so much it. better. That's a tough place to play. That's a tough place to play. Wow. <laughs> and, of course, there's another 2-0 and team, the Atlanta Falcons. Looked good last night. Well, I, I I couldn't believe they picked off Peyton Manning three times in the first eight minutes of that game. That was stunning.
3: Six turnovers between the two Manning brothers in the first half of football. I game.
0: know, and they both nearly pulled off the comeback yeah. of 20-point deficits. Well, I mean, uh, obviously Manning, it wasn't 20 for him, but 25 points in the fourth quarter was pretty huge for the Giants. But the Falcons looked really good. They're really good at home, man. Really it's right. tough to beat Matt Ryan in that dome, certainly yeah. the way he's playing. And that was without Julio Jones, essentially. I mean, Roddy White had an old-time Roddy White game. So did Tony G. Julio right? dropped
3: that one touchdown. He almost had it. That would have been a heck of a catch. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: Michael Turner gets busted for DUI, though, That's after that. the game. The new hamburger. It's just as he's coming. He's got a big game coming up this weekend. He's at San Diego. You know he wants to go there and lay it on him. I don't imagine this is going to affect his status for Sunday, but... Oy. I mean everything is pointing in the right direction for the Falcons. Yeah. And you know obviously they don't need that. Nobody does. It's danger it's stupid. Apparently going 90 something in a 60 something zone. Oh, just awful. But anyway, in terms of the Falcons, they looked superb. They look good. And 20 teams are one and one. Just 20. That's all. No big deal. <laughs> and 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 um and the Falcons have uh a one-game lead on the Bucks and the Panthers, and a two-game lead on the Saints, who have a big game at home against equally zero two and equally as desperate Kansas City this weekend. But but if the Falcons can play defense like that, and then and then um, and play offense to the point where they've got the opponent's defense on their heels, they're they're up there. But as we just mentioned moments ago, I mean, San this is San Francisco's thing right now, but it's just two weeks in. A um, lot can change. Exactly. Big show. Big show today. Dennis Miller.
3: Ricardo. We is got him back
0: him? on. Lots to talk about with him. Um, and uh, the late show with David Letterman, executive producer, Rob Burnett on this program. Wow. He is got a digital film called We Made This Movie that's being released at WeMadeThisMovie.com on Thursday. Sort of a cutting edge way to make... Produce, write, distribute films. The ex- longtime executive producer of Late Show with David Letterman. He will be coming on as well. Lots of good football stories cool. there. All right, let's get to it, guys. Shall we? Here let's it is. Do it. Thrilled to have back on the podcast a man who uh, I chat with every week on his radio show, his Dial Global Daily Talk radio show, the Dennis Miller Program. Uh, you can also see him uh, on stage and live in person at the Snoqualmie Casino in Snoqualmie, Washington, on September 30th.
2: <laughs> I believe, isn't that Twin Peaks Country, I, I Dennis? I that's an old Sergio Mendez song. It's Snoqualmie. But that's that's, um, that's yeah, Twin I'm I'm Peaks Country. Up, uh, I'm, working, uh, I'm working the... Uh, Native American Circus. <laughs> also
0: the Paramount Theater in Denver, Colorado, October 5th, and the Orleans Hotel in Las Vegas on October 12th and 13th, where I have seen Don Rickles live a couple of times, the The fabulous Orleans Hotel.
2: Rickles still has the, uh, the monster He's get, chops. He does... <laughs> Did I ever tell you the first time I met Don, I was Please. on my HBO show, and uh, you could swear on there. Are you allowed to swear on here? Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I, I don't want to... No, panic, we, bleep, but... we bleep it out. Don't worry. All right. So Don comes on, and uh, I don't want to meet him backstage because I don't want to screw the pooch. I'm a little nervous. He's my idol, and I decide to just meet him live on the air on HBO. So Don comes out. He takes 15 minutes to get there as we play the dan- dance of the Toreador. You know what I mean? He goes via the Suez Canal. <laughs> He finally makes it to the seat. I kiss the ring, and I go, Don, thank you for coming. How are you? How's how's things? And he says, well, I'm on this piece of shit. That snaps the 12-6 curveball right out at you. It's a knee buckler. Killed me. I had It was like Larry Walker with Randy Johnson. I had to step out for a while. I couldn't take it.
0: That is, but that's an honor, though, right? I mean, oh, that, sure. that's it. I mean, yeah, if he just you came to... out and just gave you just a regular run of the mill answer, then then you might be in trouble. But he gave
2: that, that pays a little no, that's, that's, the tip of the uh, cap. That's there. what you want. That's, that's the sword on the shoulder. I remember having dinner with Rickles one night in LA, and he, uh, he had been down to visit Sinatra in the desert. And I said, How is Frank? And he said, He's good, but he has Sicilian Alzheimer's disease. And I said, What's that? He said, He only remembers the grudges. <laughs> Rickles is beautiful. <laughs> he is great,
0: and I, I, you know, I had a chance, like I said, to see him in the, in the Orleans where you're going to be on October 12th and 13th, and I just, I, I took it. I, Have I,
2: you met him, Ricardo?
0: I did meet him. I shook his hand afterwards because I went with uh, the great Jim Brockmeyer, Hank Azaria, who oh, knows yeah. him, uh-huh. and uh, went backstage to meet him. And I, I didn't say much. You know, I just sat there and listened to the guy. No,
2: because that timing he, is like watching Peyton work the two minute drill. That's true. That timing is beautiful.
0: He is. He is the all-time greatest, and his set was spectacular. And uh, guy's
2: eighty-eight now,
0: for God's sake. He's, but if you think about his career too, I mean, he's like Forrest Gump. You know, he's he's knows everybody. He's done everything. He's He's, he you you could weave him through some of the touchstones yeah. of pop culture for the last 60 something years. No, he's like
2: Zelig. I saw him as Zellig. a replacement yeah, right. ref in the Tampa <laughs> New York.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but unfortunately, he put uh he put pictures of him being a big Rickles fan on the Facebook page and he had to be removed from the assignment last minute. <laughs>
2: have that. you
0: ever seen I mean have you ever Dennis seen anything like that?
2: Oh, sh- listen, I- The replacement refs are not the end of the world as we know it to me, because quite frankly, I just don't like the whole onus that's put on refereeing. Now I know he's probably a nice guy, but when they take that guy who's all dressed up now and they go to him in the command center and they make, there's not like, yeah, there's there's not like offense, defense, special teams. And the refs have become such an integral part of the game. We're stopping games down for seven to eight minutes like the Zabruder film. Now, I know the replacement refs are doing it, but at least in my head, I'm able to tell myself, these guys are scared witless right now. They are. They don't want to make a mistake. When I watch Hockey League and guys like that dissect it and take so much time with it, when I hear phrases literally coming out of Mike Pereira's mouth where you have to catch it, you have to get two feet in bounds, and then you have to do something that's common to football on that play that I'm watching where the guy gets the ball. And I'm thinking, why has the NFL gotten to the point where they're taking every good play, stopping down, and trying to figure out how to overturn it? That seems like a self-defeating proposition to me. That catch in a Tampa Bay yep. game that puts them at the 16-yard line— just as easily could have been called a catch. Indeed, I don't know what common to football is. is. Is The only thing that signifies you've actually made a catch is if you over-celebrate it and beat on your <laughs> chest or something. Is that a move common to football? Right. It looked to me like the guy caught the ball, he took did. a mini-step, and it's a, a bit of a second mini-step, then got rocked by a guy, went out of bonds, dropped the ball, and they call it no catch. And I'm thinking, all right, is this good for the NFL to call that no catch, be back at the 50, game over, or to be at the 60? 16, it could, to me, it's a catch. It looked like a catch. I've often said this, Rich. You know, if you go back and take one of the greatest play in the history of the NFL, probably Franco's immaculate reception. If you watch the coverage that they, they had of that, when they flip it to the tight shot, you don't see the ball hitting the surface. You don't see that part of it. It's out of frame. Uh, to think that they would have had to overturn because I guarantee you, on the field, that would have been called no catch because nobody believed it, including the Steeler Myron Cope didn't believe it mm-hmm. they would have called it no catch and then the, when they went to the visual evidence they would have said there's not enough here to overturn it that's no catch and i'm just thinking how many times could you go through history and use the current neurotic rules about replay and wipe out great plays is that good for the league i don't know that it is
0: i agree with you 100 percent. I-, I thought that was a catch and i, I was disappointed that that was uh, overturned Based on uh, the ultimate parsecing with parsecs and all of that sort yeah, of stuff, it's I crazy. I agree with you 100 percent.
2: from parcells to Parsecs: yes we have that's
0: bad for the league we have and it, but but with the replacement officials though, uh, Dion said it perfectly on NFL Game Day final that it, he says he's seeing a lot of disrespect for yeah. these guys in a similar way that you had disrespect for your substitute teachers because yeah. you know eventually these guys are going to go away. We see a lot of coaches barking at officials right around the number where yeah, they would right. never I, be out I, there I against the real coming. guys.
2: When I watched them the first week, I thought, oh, this is a wash. This doesn't bother me. But But I can see now that's the unintended consequence. I thought the refs and the players would think, all right, we can't really brace these guys like this. It's, uh, they've been dropped into a bad situation. We'll bear with them. They're not. You're, they're tearing them a new one. You're right. So. They are.
0: And, and you're seeing chippiness all over, left, right, up and down, a lot of uh, pushing and shoving uh, to to the extent. I don't know. You can't obviously blame this on the replacement refs, but, but the ultimate chippy play that we've seen in, in, in recent days, uh, and years was at the end of that Tampa Giants game where yeah. Eli's kneeling down and and the uh, the Bucks went and jumped him to the point where Coughlin gave uh, Shiano a dressing down at the at the handshake moment. I'd love to know what your yeah, thought Shiano is on that.
2: that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I read King this morning and I agree with him. You do play through the final whistle unless the other team's throwing up the white flag. It's over at that point. I, I just don't get that, but I, I think Shiano was just so crazed. By two things uh the 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 call across the middle uh you know where the guy got rocked yes that seemed like classic football too I, i i just don't know i i listen put it this way every time somebody gets hit hard now in the nfl i'm waiting for a flag to call a penalty is that a good place to be for a violent sport i don't i don't know
0: I, I i you i know you've been uh, you've been pounding the table
2: on this for well listen for quite I hope nobody time. ever gets hurt anyway of course. but 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 twenty two twenty one twenty two year old guys I'm telling you if you say to them listen, if you want to voluntarily sign up for this, there might be riches beyond your your wildest imagination, women, and a place to vent <laughs> some testosterone driven feelings for the next ten years there's the risk of being hurt as always do you want in i I think 100 out of 100 net leagues say, yeah, at that point, I don't know what Goodell's doing. It is a violent game. And if he really believes what he's believing, then I find what he's doing a little distasteful. He should try to subvert the game more. He should try to stop the game. I don't care if he's the NFL commissioner. If he thinks the violence these men perpetrate on each other is a bad thing, I, I don't know how in good conscience he cannot drop out of that job and go to work against the NFL.
0: Well, I mean, he sees the. Uh, and I'll just give you his point of view. Um, even though I get accused of being uh, work, you know, I do work no, you for the man. But, you, but you know, but I'm you know, no, no, but you know, but you know, I,
2: I, I, I no, I'm not. I wouldn't They'd cut my hammer throat. you if you really came out against it, Rich. Well, they just would. The league's tight, man. I've been in that league for a couple years. Yes, you. You are monitored. It is a commerce machine. They don't need a, a rickety cog.
0: But, but in terms of seeing uh, all these lawsuits that come down and all of the information for the for for concussions and things of that nature the issue is how does this get
2: protected go to twelve games tomorrow just say listen i'm really intent I i am serious about this I realize within the confines of any given game, violence is uh, done on each other. That's the nature of the game. That's why the game's popular. But for a while, we've been madness, uh, it seems like, thinking of 18 games. Of course we were wrong there. Well, we would go back to 14 like it used to be uh, in the 60s and 70s, but we realize now with the polymer helmets and all that, how much violence it's gotten. We're going to go two on the other side of it. Cut our profits, go to 12 games, and really protect these young guys.
0: Do you still enjoy? I mean, you still, enjoy, I know you love talking
2: ball. Nah, I mean, I you love still, talking I mean. Ball, but I'm telling you, you cannot exist. You cannot straddle this thing where you try to make a violent game a safe, completely safe game. It right. is never going to be completely safe. Uh, except the way you could really help it, and I would be fine with this, Mm because I really do care about their safety, is say, listen, we think the only way these guys can do this is if they're only doing it 12 times a year, and we're going to cut out the the preseason, and the owners aren't going to get that free taste, and we're going to cut it back to 12, and that is our goodwill gesture. We really believe this will help the actuary tables, and I think it will. Anything else short of that, seems to be uh, – th- th- I think Goodell's a little full of
0: it. Well, one answer that I've seen that's been on the table or at least rumored or discussed w- is to expand the rosters on game day to include 60 some 65, maybe 70 guys and require that everybody plays mm. sort of even though I know it sounds like uh I don't know youth soccer Warner's in a way I don't know to play on a
2: national you, level You know what I mean like Why that? not just cut it to 12 does that, a part of that must make sense to you right Oh well no of course I mean that less means is more less is 12 times a year right, no, of course. instead of 17 times a but, year But I mean
0: that the the amount of revenue I mean that you're talking about right We're there. talking
2: about safety though if he's really talking right. about safety Right if he really means that it's the only fix that's what makes me think he doesn't. Doesn't really mean that. I'm telling you, there's some, you know, the Ryder Cup uh, when it it is the Ryder Cup because it's only two years. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, there's if you if you only have twelve games, and I think interest is only heightened in TV revenues. Quite Mm -hmm. frankly, I'm just saying. Listen, does it lose some money out of Jerry Jones's wallet? Of course it does. But if we're really talking about the safety of these young men, only make them careen into each other twelve times a year. That's a solid step. That a lot of these courts, when they see these lawsuits coming across, they go, "Listen, that's a that's a good faith gesture. They've really made one here. Mm-hmm. They, they, we've really gotten their attention."
0: In terms of the the game uh, this season, that's my way of pivoting.
2: No, oh, please pivot. Uh, I don't I want should... to talk about this the whole time. But it is you have right. to admit we're in a weird no. I, it, it's uh, a netherworld exactly with
0: the NFL. It is a weird netherworld totally agree because I, I, I don't listen, because i still
2: a, love the uh you know when a guy when hakeem nicks takes one step into his turn and the balls right in front of his face for me like do i still get goosebumps and go god what a skill set this is it's incredible yeah
0: i do well sure well that's good to hear for sure uh the um the most surprising owen and two team right now saints. would be the saints to you
4: yeah
2: for me just because I thought Drew you know, Drew Brees is just invincible in my eyes. And uh but uh the, the D's I don't know. I guess they're traumatized. It's hard to believe these guys could get traumatized. There's a part of me that always thinks, uh, I don't know, is uh, Pepper Johnson really gonna get out on a ledge if Ray Handley's not there? <laughs> but I guess they do do identify with their coach, and when he's not there, maybe it's more Vilma, but you know what I'm saying. It's uh, going to blow my mind. You've got
0: to figure that at some point, against either the Redskins or Carolina, Sean Payton in the middle of the game would have made one, two, maybe three decisions. I wouldn't say that would have turned the tide, but would have at least stemmed it in a manner that that they just didn't have it. Uh, You have to figure that in their own 2 start.
2: Yeah, so they you boggle know? my mind, but there's somebody else. I'm, I'm trying to the think. Chiefs who else is are 2 Give me a couple two? of the, the other 0-2s, and will break them down.
0: Here you go. Chiefs are 0-2. Yeah. In in, in in a, a nice, he's a
2: great coordinator, man, but he's too nice a guy. He's got that, he's like uh, Wade Phillips, man, where he just, he can't believe grown men can't get it together. And you got to have somebody at the helm of the ship who scares the living hell out of him. But he's a great defensive coordinator. I don't think it's going to work. I think they take advantage. Yeah, they're 0-2. Uh, they,
0: they, they got crushed by the Bills, 35-17. That's a score that really doesn't indicate the crushing because they had 14 fourth-quarter points, sort of like the, the A-Rod uh, solo shot in the ninth inning with the Yankees down 7-1. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, was, um, it was a brutal watch in that respect. Uh, but the Saints, believe it or not, we said this at the top of our show, are the only winless team in the entire NFC. Wow. Every other team in the NFC has at least one win that includes the Rams, includes the Vikings, it includes uh, everybody except the Saints. They're the only winless team in the NFC, while the bottom half of the AFC, West and South, are all 0-2. Jacksonville, Tennessee, the Raiders, who have looked brutal.
2: Yeah, that kid. Listen, you know when they talk about changing the mindset there? I watched the other day, and they looked as sloppy as imaginable. And I didn't watch yesterday. I watched the week before, and I thought, mm-hmm. God, it's the same old Raiders. Uh, you know, there's something that, you know, they always talk about how it's in a team's DNA, and you go, really, throughout the ages, with free agency, with player turnover, is it really still in the DNA? Yeah, hitting somebody upside the head and talking crap and establishing your turf is all still part of the Raiders thing and it doesn't work anymore. The ver it's, it's as it's as uh bygone as the vertical game quite frankly. And they're gonna be stuck if they're getting twelve to thirteen penalties a game in this league where the league increasingly plays smart. They're going to finish at the bottom, and I think that kid's going to get whacked.
0: What's your take on Cutler, Dennis? What's your take on him? And and I'm uh,
2: so bummed. You know, I sometimes look at Letterman making thirty five a year, and I think Dave, come on, what? You know, at least Jay's a big sloppy dog. You know, they, they, you know, you come home and Jay meets you at the door. I got a show. I got a show. <laughs> and you look at Dave, and he's he's great at it, but he always seems. I look at Cutler, and I think. For God's sakes, you're, you're, you're married you're married to Felix Cavallari from Mountain. You're, you're, oh, did I get that wrong?
0: No, you're, different Cavallari. Oh, I see. Different, different <laughs> one. Sorry, well, Maybe that's why he's upset, is that he, he, he goes home to Felix. Yeah, Maybe well, you know, Leslie, a little the,
2: Leslie West is a midwife now, so he actually <laughs> delivered the young cutlet into the world. But uh, I, I look at Cutler and I just think, for God's sakes, can't you be a little happier about it? And then I saw a former... O lineman or one of the guys with the uh Abo ojo I-, I don't know some cat who used to play for the bears say mm-hmm. there's never any joy with jay and uh, I-, I think that wears players down at some point
0: yeah i mean he we we were standing right on the sideline when he was coming off and uh sort of shoulder bumped his left tackle as he was reaming him out even though you know hey uh clay matthews was treating him like a turnstile but uh that said a lot of people that 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 just sort of raised their eyebrows a little bit. Well, guess
2: what? Somewhere down the road, that kid's going to have DeMarcus Ware go by him at the speed of light. And the only part of the only appendage the kid has that can stop it is him tilting his head off and putting it in front of DeMarcus Ware's knees. Mm -hmm. And this this whole transaction takes place on a low-level level you know, way back in the uh, cerebellum where it just says, no, not doing it. Right. <laughs> I'm not doing that for him. At some point when Elway bicycles in the air in the Super Bowl, the guys on the o line are saying, all right, I'll take a bullet for this cat. They're, they're not doing that with Cutler. No, the whole thing doesn't look happy enough. At some point, you look back at the old bears of the Super Bowl shuffling how much fun they're having, and you look at your guy now, and you get Sylvia Plath at quarterback, and you're <laughs> thinking, for God's sake, lighten up a little. Have some Fun.
0: Yeah, I know, and he's they're they're going to the Rams this week, and the Rams look uh, impressed. Uh, you know, Fish was going to bring a professional attitude
2: in there. You know, Fish is beautiful. Although I don't know, well, yeah, Fish is now talking like clutch cargo. He doesn't even he, who opens their mouth less now, Fish or Shaq?
0: That's true. He doesn't open uh, his mouth very much. Uh, Maybe, uh, we went with the rules committee. I hear rules committee every four. <laughs> he's in the comfort. <laughs> <laughs> Although he could be opening his mouth, and we don't see it because he's got that Sam Elliott thing working right now.
2: I know he's got the, the John Bolton nuclear wall John Bolton. But, uh, yeah.
0: He does have the John Bolton. Well, I, actually, I think Reed has got the – he's got half a Bolton, half a Brimler yeah. going, Andy Reed, right Listen, now in if Philadelphia.
2: Reed, uh, if Reed could use the long putter, he'd be Craig Stabler. <laughs>
0: It's true. They're two and zero, even though they got nine turnovers. By the way, just
2: win, baby. That league is brutal, and I agree with Vic and anybody else who's judging the team. If you get one more point than the other team, he's two and zero. That's all you do is live to fight again each week. Can you imagine when that league turns on you? Can you imagine Cornell sitting there in KC this week, thinking, "Oh my God, we're owing"? 2 you must the the next the win must look like it's down the road ten miles. So, I know.
0: Especially since uh, he's going down the road to New Orleans next week.
2: And they're desperate. Yeah, that's like coming upon a... A raccoon at your recycling bin at three in the morning. You know, when they bear those fangs, the Saints realize their season's probably over if they don't win this. Well, it's the
0: desperation bowl.
2: Yeah. So, well, Dome I think week. KC realizes their season is over in a way. So, unless that uh, listen, occasionally a great player takes over a game. And that Talib is that his name, or what's that cat's name? The uh, uh, ta- Bali or the the Rusher.
0: Yeah, Tom Hawley. Yeah.
2: You yeah. know, he he at any moment could go Derek Thomas, Dave Craig on you and get seven sacks. Yeah, exactly.
0: So. And then the Sunday night game is Patriots and Ravens, where one of those teams is going to emerge one and two.
2: Well, listen, the Ravens look like beasts to me again. I, You know, and they're pissed off now. Uh, they feel they got screwed over. And uh, I don't know. Uh, New England, uh, the, you know, when a frame cracks and you don't like the whole thing changes, like you're so used to seeing that happened hat on the ball try it loose Gostowski comes on. When was the last time you were? I, I mean, for God's sakes. I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, Vidateri kick from the Donner Party location one night in the snow <laughs> and win a game. you never seen that. The people in Boston must have walked out of there in low level shock. And once the frame breaks, it's tough to get it back. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Then they were eating their young after that, uh, this time around, <laughs> as opposed to before. With the, and, and at the time, it's interesting, because we watch all the games at once. With it, Two minutes before Gostowski missed that field goal vinatieri kicked the game winner to make yeah. andrew luck a winner for the first time in his career
2: from well, vinatieri's uh he's in the hall right is there anybody else be. in the hall is in the hall? Right? the
0: only kicker in the yeah. pro football hall of fame
2: well right uh, if ray guy's not getting in well maybe this leckler guy will get in he's been great but uh yeah vinatieri will be the next kicker to get in there and at some point if you have vinatieri in the house and venatori gives you that look like whenever he's kicking a field goal his eyes just stop blinking he goes all like uh you know cia operative on you you just <laughs> keep him in the system i would because you don't have to worry about field goals for the next decade
0: last question for you dennis the 49ers they look like the most complete team yeah, in the like national my football old Steelers. league well the steel. yeah they 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 just look uh, they they look like the best team in the NFL. For yeah, well, the first you got
2: like listen. You've got uh, the Bonafides up front. Those two backers are crazy. You got Justin Smith. I see he's in 180 games. He's just rocking people every week. But you got guys who you didn't quite understand who weren't maxing it out. I e Whitner and Rodgers. And you thought, God, they were such studs. When are they going to come to the fore? Guess what. They're to the four now. Whitner looks like I thought Whitner would look. Rodgers looks like Rodgers. and Harbaugh's just a hard ass. And uh, you know, you got a great field goal kicker. You got to listen. They're going to be tough to beat when you can go into Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers, who is just lights out, and beat them in Green Bay. That tells me a whole lot. And then come back with Detroit, who's a surly bunch anyway. The, yeah, I'd have to say that they're the front runners to win the Lombardi Trophy. The, uh, I,
0: I agree the Niners. With you. I agree with you. Dennis, yeah. thanks for calling in. Anyway,
2: All right. Uh, appreciate your time, Ricardo. Oh,
0: please. I look forward to chatting with you later in the week. I'm going to call you from uh, from Charlotte this week before Thursday night. All right, baby. Have a good time back there. We'll go. talk at you bye Thanks. Bye-bye. That's it. That's Dennis Miller, everybody, from the uh, Dennis Miller Radio Program. You should listen to it every day. If you wish, dial global on the Dennis Miller Radio Program. He will be hitting the road to Snoqualmie Casino in Snoqualmie, Washington, which is home to Snoqualmie Falls which is the waterfalls that was at the beginning of the Twin Peaks Open. For those back in the day who remember that David Lynch Genius Program before it went bat-crazed, bat-guano insane. Uh, Dennis will be there on September 30th. Also, the Paramount Theater in Denver on October 5th, the Orleans Hotel in Las Vegas, October 12th and 13th. Dennis Miller on the show, everybody. Pleased to have on this uh, Rich Eisen podcast the executive producer of The Late Show with David Letterman. He also has a new film that he is distributing digitally uh, on a website called WeMadeThisMovie.com. By the way, the, the name of the film is We Made This Movie. And that will be uh, hitting the Internet near you on uh, this Thursday on the 20th of September. Pleased to have on the program Rob Burnett. How are you, Rob? Well, I'm better than the Jets. Am I right? <laughs> you are uh, vastly improved than the Jets. Although, is there a Tebow in your organization? You know what I mean? I, I think Dave is clearly the number one. There's really no Tebow that lurks
4: no, on the we- set
0: of uh, Late Show.
4: Yeah, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't allow that. We we don't let anyone near the organization. We're a one man operation over here. You're
0: a one man operation. There, there's no fundamentally sound, uh, unsound backup that's just strolling around the set that you threatens. Know, you know we, what we I mean? Got
4: a, we we got a guy that kind of looks like Dave, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure that's going to help us and uh the uh
0: the the jets are i guess have you had sanchez and or Tebow on your
4: program have they um yes on? i think we've had them both um um, yeah, I think we, uh, we had Sanchez, and then Tebow was in the green room in case Sanchez couldn't come out. <laughs> um, no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we did have both of these guys, uh, and they both seem like good guys. And I think, uh, you know, I'm no football expert, as, as I sure. can believe will we'll be revealed in a matter of seconds, I think, as we talk. But I think those guys are handling this thing
0: pretty well, don't you think? No, well, no, no doubt about that. I mean uh, At least as far as, as we know well as far as, far as we know about it, also you know tebow 's been relatively non existent in the first two weeks, making all of us in the sports media our breathlessness over covering this over the last six months, making us look a little foolish, but we 're in the media we 're sort of used to that you know That's, what i mean
4: exactly we're sort of,
0: but, but in terms of your football acumen, most, yes. of, most of us, um, even if we didn 't grow up loving the sport or watching it every week, we go to a, an institution of higher learning. Uh, with a collegiate football program that gets us into it. You went to the football hotbed of Tufts University.
4: Yes, that is, uh, you know, that's pretty much, I think uh, most of your NFL players will at some point come out of Tufts, I think. Don't you think? (laughs)
0: We haven't heard that, you know, on Monday Night Football where they make the players say who they are, where they're from. We've never seen, you know, so-and-so from the Tufts University. We've the never- Jumbos.
4: I mean, just right there. The, the big ugly. The nickname is the Jumbos. tells you all you need to know. Although about my, school. my
0: school, the University of Michigan, just beat up on UMass this week. Oh, really? Yes. We, we made them schlep all the way out from Amherst to just kick their ass and send them back home. To Massachusetts
4: Here's all you need to know about Tufts uh, sports in general Is that yes. I was a varsity athlete at Tufts <laughs> I, played, I played varsity college soccer so Did that, you really?
0: That, yes I did Where were, were on the field were you, uh, were you a striker?
4: Uh, I was not. I was not a striker, uh, mm-hmm. but that, and I, and I can tell by the way you said that that you yes. just used up a hundred percent of your soccer <laughs> knowledge right there. <laughs> you, you shot. You shot the whole load by using the word striker. Well, I, uh,
0: I, I became a soccer dad officially this week. My four-year-old played soccer for the very first time. Ah, yes, and he had no earthly idea what he was doing. Um, so you could see, I, I placed all of my soccer knowledge. Essentially, in his brain before his first game, so you know that's that's about it. That's well, I have, I, I have
4: a theory. I have a about soccer. If you yes. if you want to hear, I it. do. I, now, yes. I grew up. Soccer was a big deal actually in my life. I I was captain of my high school soccer team. It was a it was a very big part of my life. But now I, as I coach my kids playing soccer in the little town league, what I I think the reason soccer is so popular as a sport here for kids is that no one is good at soccer. You know what I mean? Like, Uh no one really knows how to kick a soccer ball that well, so you can kind of run around on the field and feel like you're playing a sport, (laughs) and no one really gets embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like, you drop a fly ball in baseball, yes. it's brutal. Yes. Soccer, you can run a... The, the girls on my team, sometimes they're, like, they're fixing their hair, they're chatting. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, it's a very friendly, friendly game.
0: So uh, we will not be seeing the phrase, bend it like Burnett, anywhere is what you're saying. <laughs> well,
4: you might, but it won't have anything to do with soccer.
0: <laughs> hey, no. Very, very, very good. Um, so you've got a new film coming out. We made this movie. Tell me a, a, a little bit about this film, for those who may not know about about it uh,
4: Well, it's very exciting. we, we uh, my buddy John Beckerman and I made this movie. He uh, and I did a show called Ed Together and have worked forever up here at the Late Show. Um, it's it's a small indie movie. It's about these five kids who decide, hey, you know what? We have video cameras. We've got computers. We can go make a movie because anyone can do it today. Mm-hmm. But the problem is not everyone should. So they <laughs> go out and they try to make uh, this kind of lowbrow, kind of jackass, Borat kind of movie. Um, but they're terrible at it. So. Uh, What happens, though, is that they get these three freshmen to follow them around because the main guy is so convinced that their little movie is going to be so big that he wants the making of and the DVD extras. He wants all the materials. And by accident, as the movie progresses, these freshmen who shoot everything start to shoot their lives, and it actually becomes kind of a touching coming-of-age story. They, by accident, make a movie about themselves, and they realize that kind of at the very end.
0: Well, it's interesting. Again, you're, you're, you're distributing this digital digitally which you know you're on a podcast now and people can now make films and distribute it digitally um are we you know not to get too macro here but why not uh is this this is the the future don't you think that you're you the the pipeline in our business is changing every single day and how and how you can get your content out to people that you want to see it
4: i i think it is this is um this is a brand new way to do things we we um uh... found a company called snag films to distribute our movie mm-hmm. and Snag uh... is a really interesting company they're becoming this destination site for indie films on the web and, you know, there's just a lot of films that are really not suited for giant theatrical releases. You know, we have this movie with basically unknown actors. It's a small movie. Um, you know, this is not a movie that's going to open up on 3,000 screens. So, what do you do with it? So, the concept here that is new for us is that we have a giant uh, premiere this Thursday, uh, September 20th, in the city, um, a big old Hollywood premiere. There's going to be 600 people there, a red carpet. We've got some big celebrities coming whole
0: word name drop for me rob name drop name i can't drop. i can't name drop i cannot name drop uh do you mean like literally f- physically you're you're against name dropping is that yeah. what it is or or you're it's, not a... my
4: doctor has said that i cannot <laughs> name drop uh all right obama's gonna be there, there? Oh. Um, <laughs> drop a bigger name not next not time. barack obama just this other guy oh obama. Some, okay very <laughs> Uh, no, there are going to be some big celebrities there. It's good, but but the the thing about this evening, well, I can tell you some 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 guys, okay. uh, Michael Ian Black and Tom Cavanaugh from Ed are going to be hosting it. Okay. And Jim Gaffigan, who's one of the great stand-ups Hilarious. of all time, is going to be performing live. And the thing about it is this premiere. All uh, will stream live for free on the web, including oh, the movie. On so, web at we made
0: this movie dot
4: com. Yes, if you go to we made this movie dot com right now, you register, and then you can watch the movie for free. And then the next day, um, the movie then goes to you know iTunes and Amazon and all the kind of the pay outlets, and that's where you and I both become gazillionaires. That's right. <laughs> I don't know how you got cut into this. I'll take my percentage.
0: I'll I'll take my percentage.
4: The the other super cool thing about this movie for us is um, the music. Uh, You know, we we made a deal with uh, Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Bull has a, a site called Red Bull Soundstage that, if you haven't heard it, it's amazing. It's this—it's a site for up-and-coming artists, uh, musicians. And Red Bull saw the movie and they love the movie and they love that it's about high school kids and they're trying to make stuff and all of this. So what we ended up doing is we put four scenes from our movie up on the Red Bull Soundstage and said you guys give us music for these four scenes. We kind of told them what we wanted. And I honestly thought we'd get 30 or 40 submissions, and we got 1,200 submissions from unknown bands. And we liked them so much that we picked the four... Uh, songs and then we put 22 songs in all so there's 22 brand new bands uh featured the soundtrack is so incredible to this movie it's ridiculous it's awesome. and tonight uh Monday night I don't know if it's tonight but Monday night yeah. uh on the late show is uh one of the bands of gentlemen and cowards will actually perform on the stage of the Ed Sullivan Theater yeah, you so it's too, man. I it's, mean it's, this it's is exciting.
0: Raw. I mean this is neat you so you sort of American idled the soundtrack and then your pe- people can sit in their homes at their desks or couches and attend a, a movie premiere via the website, essentially. Yeah. And then watch a movie uh, down online, bringing it, everyone. People just don't even have to like leave their their homes.
4: I want to make it as easy as possible. <laughs> <It's right. laughs> <It's right.
0: laughs> and it just you know whatever, however you, you come dressed to the premiere is up to is up to the the viewer. You know what I mean. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's exactly right. It's
0: just only one way. Thankfully, you don't look back. You know, you don't look through the computer. It's all. It's, it's all <laughs> That's right. It's, it's safe in that respect. So this is a big week as well for 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 the late show as well. That you you mentioned Obama. Uh, he is coming on the show Tuesday. Uh, we're yes. we're talking on Monday, the day before. He has come before. What is that like? Uh, when when the president of the United States comes to visit your show?
4: Um, it's uh, it, it it was. I, Similar to when you came, I would say. Similar.
0: (laughs) Well, you did have to shut down the building when I arrived as well. well. I mean, security was airtight when I came on the program a couple of times. ago. In
4: both both cases, we have to worry about bombs. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Very Um, nice. (laughs) No, it is definitely uh, a pretty amazing experience when the president uh, comes. It's only been – this is only, I believe, the second time – that we've had a sitting president, uh, visit the show. We've had Clinton, uh, Bush, we've had, you know, lots of other people, uh, Carter and things like that, but this is the, I think the second time that we've actually had a guy in office visiting the show, and it's everything you imagine. There's Secret Service, you know, everywhere, there's, uh, you know, you've, you know IDs and background checks and all kinds of stuff that goes on, but, uh, they're, they're, they're pretty lean i have to say they they kind of know what they're doing yeah you know, they, well. <laughs> they, they're, thank god <laughs> that's right
0: it's not their first rodeo exactly. now, d- now do you tape it on on obama's schedule or does he do what every other guest does which is sit there and then the monologue goes down will the will obama be in his green room watching the monologue or is it taped out of order
4: no we're not taping out of order we'll uh we'll do it the way the normal show okay. the normal show goes
0: so Obama, if if Dave takes a, a shot, Obama will 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 see it. He'll he'll know it, and he'll know it.
4: And just in case the Secret Service is listening, when you say take a shot, yes, oh, a good luck. <laughs> you mean make a joke? Well, an el- a
0: guy. jab, an elbow sort. Okay. Well, I mean the the president was hugged by a pizza parlor owner a couple weeks ago, so that's you know, <laughs> that's true.
4: Yes, uh, 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 the president will be watching uh, along with the rest of us until he gets out there.
0: Fantastic. That's neat. Now, I I know Dave's a Colts fan, correct? He's an Indianapolis Colts fan?
4: Yes, although it gets complicated because on the air, Dave now says that he has the right to root, I believe, for three teams. I think he says that he's allowed to root for the Colts because he's from Indianapolis. He's also allowed now to root for the Giants because Eli is uh, Peyton's brother. Okay. And then somehow there's a third team he's wheeled his way into rooting for, and I can't even remember what that is. Is it
0: the Broncos because of Peyton now being right, right, a right, right, exactly? Yes, yes, of course, yes. Yeah, sure, there, there you, you go. go. So he he just follows the the bloodline wherever whatever I think uh, medical organization Cooper Manning works for right now i think right. dave dave's all over over that as well
4: yeah he's just wanting. i think dave wants to maximize his chances of enjoying the super bowl <laughs> is what it kind of comes.
0: well three out of 32 teams certainly improves your chances just, well
4: exactly just, you know it's funny i just speaking of super bowls i still i now remember uh i was just thinking about this the you know so we have a super bowl pool in the office you know one of the big you know the big grid pools sure with 100 boxes mm-hmm. of course For points, no money changes hands. Of course, it's all for pride. It's all for exactly. Sure. But I remember, so traditionally, when they make the big uh, grid pool, it it always goes into Dave's office first, because he's Dave and he gets to choose his box first. So I remember, this was quite a while ago, I think back when I was still head writer of the show, I remember sitting in Dave's office, the pool comes in, and... uh, it's clean. It's all, you know, they've just made it. So I say to Dave, you know what would be great? You and I should just take all of the boxes and just ruin the entire office pool. So we think this is hilarious, and we fill in all of the initials, and mm. we do it. We sit there, the two of us, like idiots, and actually put our initials into all of the, And it comes back out, and now there's no office pool for anybody else because it's just me against Dave. Yeah. Now, this seemed hilarious until I now realized I had a thousand bucks. <laughs> i was <laughs> so just like, I, I, and I don't know why it didn't dawn on me. Right, and of course, uh, he won. Yeah, and I lost a thousand bucks, which he then, of course, used to buy lunch for the staff. But I was still out a thousand bucks for my little joke.
0: Uh, you know, you th- it started out funny. But... It
4: started funny. The, 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 actually, there was another version of that too, that was really hilarious. Where it came in one year, and for some reason, one guy, this guy Bob Borden, who worked in the mailroom, mm-hmm. had taken one box. I don't know why, but there was this it, comes it just in took one
0: box, just only well, one singular box
4: but, but 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 the key was that it his name was on on the box before it got into to Dave, so Uh-oh. this giant thing comes in, and there's this one random guy in the mail room who had filled in <laughs> one box. so I then said to Dave, I said, "You know what the funny thing here is you should take all of the other boxes." <laughs> So he did. He took all of the other boxes, and the pool comes out. And basically, you had Dave with 99 of the boxes, and the kid from the mail the mailroom, and everybody in the office was praying to God that this kid would win. But of course, he didn't. So, it eventually, essentially, it was Dave taking 10 bucks from the kid's mailroom. But I'm pretty sure that he took that 10 dollars and bought him lunch. With it, but he brought know. him there but it was just a, it just looked ridiculous to see Bob Borden and a 99 David Letterman <laughs> yeah. on the, on the as floor. long as Dave
0: pays it forward that's all it, that matters yeah. you know <laughs> what i mean as no long as he
4: pays it forward better than dave
0: and so you you were you've been there since since the the outset since way back when it was not, late not quite night, night with the, david letterman yeah, i i
4: started right out of college yeah. uh, almost right out of college when i was 22 in 1984. Five. Wow. So we had been on the air for three or four years beforehand. But I've I've been here uh, for for a long, long time.
0: Sam, I don't know if you know, you have something similar to the commissioner of the National Football League, uh, Rob. I don't know if you're aware of that, and that is that the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, went from intern to running the league.
4: Is that right? Yes. And now oh, what I thought what I thought you were going to say is that both he and I have made bounties illegal.
0: Yes, you. But, well, I mean, has anybody <laughs> maybe maybe you know ten bucks to take out Biff? You know what I mean? (laughs) Twenty bucks?
4: Well, I I think they have to take someone out on Leno's staff. You know,
0: when I was on SportsCenter years and years ago, um, I covered baseball. It was the World Series. It was the uh, Subway Series between the Mets and the Yankees, and um, everybody clearly, you know, wanted Joe Torre uh, as soon as this thing was over. But Fox got their first crack at him because Fox had the television rights to the game. ESPN, mm-hmm. I was working for ESPN Radio, had the radio rights to the game, so I had to wait for Tory to finish, mm-hmm. and I had to find Tory in the scrum, and I saw Tory with Fox turn my back for thirty seconds and figured, okay, I'm next. Turned around thirty <laughs> seconds later, and he was corralled with an arm around him, Biff Henderson. I knew, I knew where got was it headed. before me. <laughs>
4: That's great. That's great. I, I love mean, that.
0: let me tell you. I mean, and it was chaos on the field <laughs> as you might imagine. <laughs> Turner, and I'm like, how in the world did he get in there like that?
4: Yeah, we're uh we we have our ways. I got to say we have uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We have one guy um this one guy Brian Tedder yeah, was sure, I have met him, sure. You know Brian, oh, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. He he is our secret weapon. We deploy him. He he has gotten us uh Eight of, uh, his streak now is eight winning Super Bowl quarterbacks in a row on the late show the next day. Wow,
0: that's Ripken-esque right there. That's it, it, a streak of streaks.
4: It, it is pretty amazing, considering that many of those Super Bowls are on other networks. Yes,
0: that's correct. It's, pre- it's pretty strong. Well, but in, it's, it's sort of like a tradition. For, you know, you go to Disney World uh, that's right. and, and Dave. I think so. It's sort of it's it's sort of a new tradition. But I yeah, Biff so. was there. I see him every time at the Super Bowl now, before the game, after the game. He's everywhere. I yeah, mean, he's yeah. absolutely everywhere.
4: Yeah, it's so, funny. The players like him too. Now they you know they recognize him, and it's uh it's it's very funny. And he he enjoys doing it. I think he's a big football
0: guy. He loves it. But you go back to the Larry Bud Melman days, correct? Way I back certainly do. Day. Where yeah. what was? Can you tell me what was his name again? Calvin. Uh, Calvert DeForest Calvert DeForest that's yeah. right where where in the world did he come from what what was his story I'd love to just... you know he he
4: preexisted me but I think the way that happened was some of the early original writers on the show mm-hmm. had used him in some kind of weird like student film when they were at nyu like a weird film project they had found some guy um and and then then head writer merrill marco who was just a genius saw this and said we're using this guy so they started bringing him in and well you know the rest the rest was history you really could do almost nothing nothing uh you could never make a mistake with calvert because it was a mistake you know know, know what i mean (laughs) everything worked well, one of my favorite things ever was uh, um, a long time ago, we did a big anniversary show out in California. I don't remember which one it was. It was for late night. Uh, we slowered NBC. Maybe it was our fifth or, or tenth. I don't know. But um, uh, there was this one one thing where we, so we were in a big, uh, a large room. It was a stadium kind of thing. And Calvert uh, c- came out and he had he had to deliver these lines. And for some reason there was. Uh, part of this was was flame there was flames involved and, and 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 somehow the flames now were blinding him and all I remember is this guy standing on stage not being able to see the cue cards because of the flames and all he was doing in front of you know i don 't know five thousand people was just standing there and screaming at the top of his lungs, lost it, lost it, lost it. Lost it! And that's when we realized, this is better than anything that could have been on those cars. (laughs) I mean, that's what it was every day with him. It was just tremendous.
0: Oh, man. I loved him. He was great. And it's funny, too. um, One of the, I guess, early foils as well on the program was Art Donovan, the all-time
4: great Baltimore
0: Colt. He was on all the time, Art Donovan.
4: Yeah. I mean, talk show gold, Art. You know, he would come on, and he had tremendous stories. And it's funny. I... In, uh when, when I w- was talking to some people up here about uh, uh, that I was going to be on, on your podcast, mm-hmm. I, was, I, I recalled with one of our producers, Maria Pope, that she and I, a long, long time ago, actually went down to Baltimore and spent the day with Art Donovan. Oh, really? Yeah, we went down there, and we, we were thinking about maybe maybe doing some kind of remote piece. I don't know that it ever came together, but I remember spending a full day with Art um, it was it was it was quite a while ago so i don't remember a ton of details but but a few things that i really loved about it was so i i think he owns like a swim club or like a country <laughs> club down there oh, i mean okay it's like, it's like something out of the fifties where there's like literally there's the cabanas and like the umbrellas. And if you're the you flamingo
0: know, kid, it's sort of
4: like the flamingo exactly kid. Exactly like that. Literally. Like I almost think that they, they, they should have shot it there if they did. I and mean, It was exactly that. And art was explaining how like these cabanas on the east side are for like the rich people. And these cabanas here for that side. And, and then the other thing I remember is at one point we sat down at, at the club to have lunch and, and, we sat down and without any communication with the waiter or anybody they just brought him a giant steak. And I just <laughs> thought this guy is living the life. He they just know when he sits down just bring, bring just him bring a steak. steak, bring meat,
0: bring the meat. Bring,
4: bring meat for us. but he it was actually it was he was a lovely guy, and he really there was something very sweet about seeing this this guy. You know, he was you know kind of limping around. You know, the knees are gone. You know, that NFL old guy thing. But he just was you know king of this king of this world, and it was it actually was very touching in its own way. Yeah, I
0: loved these segments with him and Dave when he was yeah. on because Art, you know, our, he was unfiltered, unvarnished. A, you know, uh, an American uh, pop culture icon you know yep. from back in the day yeah a football guy i just loved you know dave's uh rapport with him well, i love dave's rapport with everybody but i mean with him in particular it was just fun to
4: see i yeah, no, know he was a he was a great guest and he'd come on and, and he was on a lot and every time you thought well there can't possibly be any more great nfl stories and then every time oh did i ever tell you about this and you're like wait that you're, you, you saved this one for seven pieces. in? This is amazing. So, yeah, he, he was just a treasure trove of old NFL uh, stuff. That's great. I remember, I think
0: you had Costas uh, one year. I don't know if this predates you or not. Uh, I think you had him in a hospital on New Year's Eve to narrate, I think, the That's first right. baby being born. The Late born. Show Baby. The Late Show Baby. You had Costas do that. Yep. And then, of course, uh, Marv Albert year day you know i guess uh quarter after quarter after quarter having him come on and do his his highlights
4: yeah that Uh, was for for me marv now so i grew up uh an enormous hockey fan. For mm-hmm. some reason, I was a, a huge New York Rangers fan, well, and literally would go to bed at night with the oh, yeah. my AM radio, um, you know, uh, with a little earphone running up underneath the covers to listen to Marv uh, yeah. uh, and announce Ranger games. So, of uh, you know, I've met many, many big stars in my life here, but the day that I got to meet Marv, I think still for me stands out as just one of the highlights. Rob, I just, I'm
0: from Staten Island. Okay, I, I, I'm i with you lockstep in every yes. last syllable you've said about ah. Marv, and he came on um, NFL Network a few years ago, mm-hmm. and we did ask him if he wouldn't mind doing, you know, uh, the highlights, the crack staff, mm-hmm. I said, we've got our own crack <laughs> staff, yeah. you know, and he, you know, he... Politely demurred. He was not. Uh, he he, did, he was not in, interested in that. He just wanted to come on. Let's talk some football. I'm like, Wh- whatever you want. And I say I saved it for on the air. And I didn't care if I was going to embarrass myself. <laughs> I told him how incredible, great, genius he is, and I thanked him for allowing me to rip him off every day. Well, I, I rip him off every day, and <laughs> I'm I'm proud of that.
4: That I yeah. rip Marv Albert off. Well, did. that's that, that. You're being generous there, but he's, uh, he's you know, incredible. Mar- he's Mar- incredible. Mar- he's the all-time greatest. Yeah, he was. He was uh, and is the, just the best, the best of all time. And, and it's and it's strange now. I've gotten to know Kenny, and when you listen to Kenny do Ranger Games, it is it's it's freakish how how similar he sounds to his father. Yeah they have the same voice and and i think a lot of the same phrasings uh you yes. know i guess for obvious reasons but it's, sure. it's uh i remember i remember at one point uh saying to kenny uh, very early on when i think he was um going to syracuse or maybe before saying that like he wanted to be, you know he told me he wanted to be a sportscaster i said well you know that business you'll it's impossible <laughs> to get it. you, you, right. you really got to know some people I mean, yeah I,
0: you know well you know, do have on. to have an in i mean yeah. i don't know if you know anybody but <laughs> yeah. uh you yeah. know but hockey is in many ways um the most difficult sport to call on radio yeah because you all I mean you always will hear and you can't blame because your people are only human. You hear the cheer before yep. the announcement that the goal is scored. Yeah. But Marv was always on it. It was simultaneous with the cheer you'd hear from Madison Square Garden. The yep. blue seat sort of guttural cheer that you would hear Mm-hmm. When when he when he announced a, a hockey game, he's
4: remarkable. He's yeah, he, he's the greatest. I think this year actually will be a, a fairly easy year now. <laughs> <to> announce <laughs> <Unfortunately>. hockey. <laughs> um, you know, I think I could do it this year. Uh, we
0: went through this last year. We didn't miss games in the NFL, but there there's a twelfth hour, and it's always when a player is going to miss a paycheck. And whenever I don't know when that is in hockey. I think somebody told me that was mid October. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe yes. that's when it'll come back. You well, know,
4: I have mixed feelings about it this year. I have to say because um, finally. Um, after a lot of a lot of years, I literally uh, at the end of last season finally took the plunge, and with a buddy of mine, plunked down on New York Rangers season ticket. Oh! Um, so I'm very excited about this. But at the other hand, if there is a lockout, I will save a ton of dough. <laughs> so, so
0: you make money if there's no hockey, is what yeah, you're saying.
4: I will save a lot of money, so I'm you know I, I I'm hedged. I think. <laughs>
0: you're... Well, uh, good luck with this film. Thank you so much. Rob, and uh, everyone should go, um, I guess, is it proper to say download? Do you download it, or, or is it uh, It is can it be downloaded or? on iTunes.
4: You can pre-order okay. it now on iTunes, but I think the best thing to do is, if you go to com, you can check out the trailer, and you can pre-register to watch the thing for free uh, on Thursday night. And, uh, hey, if you're around and you want to come Thursday night, I would love to have you. Oh, I would love
0: it. We're going to be in Charlotte for the Giants and the Carolina Panthers. Well, you're so, going to have to cancel that. I, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call up... Uh, uh, the tish mara family and uh i'm gonna call up well, i'm just gonna go to the commissioner i'm just gonna uh, go straight you... up to to my intern turn boss and yeah. just say hey listen this is an important uh film event but it's not just that it's a technological achievement exactly um uh, is, is there it's any research It's is what it is it's you're not wrong for, for you you're not wrong yeah. But this could be the next step for the podcast. Uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll run that up the flagpole and see Thanks. how it flies. <laughs>
4: see what happens. Yeah, I'll,
0: I will do that. Uh, good luck with the president as well this week and, uh, and on, on the show, which uh, I Tivo every night. It's superb. It's as good uh, as ever. It's as good as ever, Rob.
4: Well, thank you so much, Rich. I really appreciate you having me on. It's an honor. Uh, oh. this is, uh, I listen all the time, and thank uh, you. you guys are amazing.
0: Thank you very much, Rob. You take all care. Right. Talk to you soon. You bet. That's Rob Burnett here on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Rob Burnett, everybody, the uh, the EP of The Late Show with David Letterman. Want to thank him. Also want to thank Dennis Miller for coming on the show and uh, hammering out all the the ball talk with uh, everything that's going on in the National Football League in between weeks number two and three. We got a, a big game between the Ravens and the Patriots coming on Sunday Night Football. That'll be exciting. Another Interesting Monday night game in the Pacific Northwest. The 12th man will try and take down another uh, big-time opponent in the the midst of the Seattle Seahawks craziness. The Green Bay Packers stroll into town. That's a big Monday night game. Uh, Also uh, in week number three, that begins with us being in Carolina. The Giants against the Carolina Panthers to kick off week number three. Very excited to uh, getting uh, started on that. Uh, once again, um, the passing of Steve Sable, also um, hitting hard, hitting home this week. We had a special podcast that came out earlier in the week with, uh, with Steve Sable um, and our coverage of his passing earlier um, in the week. That podcast is out there for you to download on our, our website, richeisen.nfl.com. And um, we ask you to download that, too. So I want to thank again uh, Chris Law and Chris Brockman for helping put this podcast together. want to thank my guests, Dennis Miller and Rob Burnett. We will see you from Charlotte on Thursday. Always download this podcast at richeisen.nfl.com or on iTunes. Uh, the Punters Are People 2 t-shirts are still going like hotcakes. You can go to puntersofpeople 2com to go check that out. Also, the... Uh, they Keep It Up, You're Going to Lose t-shirts. Got to get one of those for you and your family. Um, and um, always follow at Topher Law, T-O-P-H-E-R Law, or at Chris underscore Brockman. And we'll come to you next week with another podcast after what we assume is going to be an exciting week number three. Why not? Rich Eisen, signing off.
2: Stay listening friends